It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Boston Celtics podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. So high right now, anything's possible. Oh my mama, oh my mama, baby, ma, anything's possible. Jay's back with the vengeance back. All the real Celtics fans in attendance. This the truth like 34. It's like walking in the garden when you hear the roars. The crowd goes crazy. Most in-depth coverage on the daily. Mainly podcast royalty, the content kings. When you talking about the franchise with 17 rings. Focus like Danny at the deadline. Global with it got a local feel like the red line, the blue line, the green line. Play it in between time. I'ma throw my C's jersey on in the meantime and press play. When the F's done, I can't wait until the next day. Trying to stay in tune with the C's, that's the best way. Melly. Welcome back to the Lockdown Celtics Podcast. I'm John Corrales. I'm your host. Thank you for joining us. This is your daily free podcast covering the Boston Celtics. So thanks, all of you regular listeners, you new listeners, whatever you're doing, wherever you're going, if you're in the gym, in the car, on your way to work, you know, laying low at work, whatever it is. Thank you for making me and us part of your daily routine. You can follow me on Twitter if you haven't at RedsArmy underscore John. You can follow my work at MassLive.com slash Celtics. If you don't know, I'm a beat writer covering the Celtics for Mass Live. Today, we're going to do two topics. The third segment will be what Brad Stevens said about Grant Williams. Very simple. The first two segments will be about Jalen Brown. Jalen Brown uh, had a media availability. One of the people presented to the media, they, they let... Like three people. There's usually Brad and a couple of other players. And then we break off and do our one-on-ones. But uh, today, Jalen Brown was one of the people that the media got to talk to in his scrum. I'm going to give you the whole thing. I'm going to let you listen to everything that Jalen said in the scrum today. And then in the second segment, uh, I'll react. Some of it is based on what I wrote today on MassLive.com. But I want to let you hear everything Jalen Brown said so you can hear how he said it. And then in the second segment... I'll react to it. So here is Jalen Brown's full media availability from practice today. How's it been going? I think it's been going well. I think uh, we're building chemistry, you know, moving in the right direction. How different does it feel around here? The different does it feel? Uh, it's, I mean, of course it's going to be different because uh, new team, you know, a lot of guys that were here last year, they're not here. So, um, of course, it's going to be different, but it's not like a shot at last year, but it's, it's different, yeah. Some new hairdos too. Yeah, every, a lot, a lot of different stuff, a lot of changes. Just needed some changes, you know, new energy, new team, new year. Um, just decided to, you know, make some changes, and I guess my hair was a part of that. You feel sleeker on the court? Uh, sleeker, I guess, a little bit more aerodynamic. Yeah. I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> when you talk about the chemistry building, how does how is that manifesting itself on the court? Um, I think anytime, you know, you try to build that chemistry off the court, it applies on the court. So, you know, a lot of us are just trying to, like, spend some time with each other. I think Brad made emphasis he wanted us to stay here during the, in between the two days so we can just hang out with each other and get to know each other a little bit more. And I feel like it, the more you, like, know a guy or cool with somebody, the easier it is to pass him the ball. So, 
I guess that's what uh, that's what we've been doing the last few days. Can you see other any other ways of you know the way that you guys are interacting like during drills, during scrimmaging, that type of stuff that's growing because of what you're doing off the court? Yeah, I think uh, we got a bunch of good guys on this team, a bunch of young, eager guys um, that are hungry, but at the same time are humble. So um, it should be fun. I mean, I'm excited about this year. I don't know about you guys, but I'm ready to go. I'm ready. Just to confirm. I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready. <laughs> so you're working on that uh, cross-court pass there, left-handed. Is that something that you're trying to add to the game? I know you did a little bit, but like just seeing the floor at an extra level. Yeah, just taking, just getting better every year. Um, a lot of times people try to pin you in a box and say this and say that, but every year I try to continue out, come out and get better and progress, even if I, I don't get to display it because of whatever role. We just come out and continue to get better and make the best of whatever situation um, I get put in. Is it a sense, though, for you that having that mindset of adding something every year, you'll get more opportunities maybe this season to display some of those new additions than maybe the past couple years? Yeah, I mean, that's exciting. I definitely will have more opportunity um, this year than I did last year, obviously with the, the loaded roster we had last year. This year I think uh, I have some responsibility to – I have to be accountable, but I have some more responsibility to make sure that, you know, I come out and perform for my teammates. What is that number one thing that you're trying to add? You say add every year. I don't think it's a number one thing. Uh, I think just coming out and getting better, maturing, you know, as you get older, I think my, my game will continue to develop. Um, I think that I, I, mean, I have a lot of room to grow, but at the same time, I've gotten better each and every year. Brad mentioned that, that he thinks that last year against the best defenses, you were the most, or I guess the most consistent player on the team in terms of driving to the basket and being successful with, with that. How do you um, improve in terms of efficiency in driving to the basket? Like, like what can you do differently? And what are you looking at um, this year as opposed to last year when you drive? I'm getting, getting stronger, you know, but also, you know, making the right reads, making the right plays, seeing it uh, before it happens, getting stronger, getting more balanced. Um, tightening up, you know, ball handling, stuff like that makes it, you know, easier just to finish the ball. So all of that stuff I've um, took into this summer, added to my game. Um, showed a little bit at USA, but can't wait to, you know, show some good catch. Can't wait to show. <laughs> can't wait to uh, to show some more this season. Jalen, you're a dude who's constantly thinking. Did you take last year? Did you take that personally? Like. Everything that happened, you kind of said it wasn't as bad as people thought, but did you take that, the, the failures of the team, did you take that personally? Did you reflect on that? Did you mentally do something different this summer that you were thinking, like, I got to change? I would probably say yes, in a sense. And I think, uh, I would say that, yeah. I think that um, I, have a, I have a, I'm a toughest critic. So I put a lot of pressure on myself to come out and uh, I work hard. So I expect to see, you know, myself improve. And when you kind of not seeing those improvements, but you not seeing them like on the stat sheet, but you seeing them every single day. Sometimes that can get tough because you don't see it. But uh, I definitely think I've grown each and every year. No question. And this year, hopefully you'll be able to see it on both. What lessons that you learned last year are you taking into this year? I know you mentioned you were asked about the contract situation and the rookie extension and all of that. How do you kind of block all of that out and perform to the best of your ability? To be honest, it's easy uh, for me. I don't. I'm not really concerned. I don't want to say it like I'm arrogant 
or um, like above anything, but I'm really just focused on basketball. I think that stuff would take care of itself. Like I have no doubt in my mind that I can play basketball. Like I don't doubt myself at all. As soon as you let doubt creep in, like you're done. I don't have any doubt. Um, and I, I believe in my ability. I didn't peak in my second year. Like I'm going to get better every single year. So I'm excited. Like I, I'm not losing any sleep at night. I'm not having trouble sleeping at night. I'm excited to come out and play. I don't feel any pressure or anything. I think the coaching staff and stuff, they believe in me um, despite all the stuff is being said. So I just got to come out and perform. Um, we'll see how, how the ball rolls out and things lay out, but um, I'm excited either way. NFL teams making bold final moves before the start of the season. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network. The Tennessee Titans have announced a one-year deal with linebacker Jadavion Clowney, reportedly worth $15 million. Tyler Rowland of Locked On Titans tells you if it's going to be enough to get Tennessee back to the AFC title game. In other moves around the league, the Miami Dolphins named Ryan Fitzpatrick starting quarterback, which means Tua will be back up for the time being. And the Detroit Lions have agreed to a one-year deal with running back Adrian Peterson. Peterson was released by the Washington football team last Friday. For more NFL news and analysis, subscribe to the new Peacock and Williamson NFL show and listen to a brand new lineup on Locked On NFL. They'll have division previews every day this week. Local experts on the biggest stories, it's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You're up to date on your favorite team, but what about the competition? John Hollinger and Nate Duncan are evaluating every bubble contender on Hollinger and Duncan. Rejecting the screen goes behind the scenes with in-depth interviews and the Locked On NBA podcast is recapping games daily. Let the Locked On NBA network of podcasts take care of your NBA bubble scouting reports. Hollinger and Duncan, rejecting the screen, the Locked On NBA podcast. Subscribe to the best trio of NBA podcasts on the planet wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Celtics, your daily Boston Celtics podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Before the break, I played you what Jalen Brown said at his media availability at practice on Thursday. Uh, we've talked a lot about Jalen Brown over the past few weeks here. He is negotiating a uh, an extension potentially with the Boston Celtics. We've talked about whether he has earned or will earn a max extension, and there's there's it's just an, an incredibly important season for Jalen Brown. A couple of things that were interesting in this. Uh, availability and to Jay, to Jalen's credit, he is pretty forthcoming. I think he, he, he doesn't, I think share everything that he feels, but I feel like he says some things specifically because he knows uh, he wants to say more. He says things in a pointed way. And <laughs> there are a couple times where 
I don't want to sound arrogant, but I feel like he might have been talking to me because I was standing right next to him. And uh, when he starts talking about uh, putting people putting him in a box and, uh, you know, I, I specifically asked him about working on that cross court pass. So if you if you do read my piece on MassLive.com slash Celtics, you'll see a piece. The title is Jalen Brown keeps trying to add to his game. And then his quote, hopefully you'll be able to see it. Uh, in that, you'll see the video that I tweeted out of him working on this pass over to the right corner. So he's on the left-hand side. He's dribbling with his left. And then as he's dribbling, he just kind of in one motion whips a pass over to the right corner. We've seen that pass a couple of times. It's a hard pass to make. It's a hard pass to see. It's, it's really designed to take advantage of a defender on that weak side that is overcommitted to the lane. That's gotten too deep into the lane. And, uh, a teammate has kind of snuck into that corner. So it's a very difficult thing to see because he's driving left and you've got defenders in between. But if you can see it and make that pass, I mean, it's a hell of a pass to make. You might see that pass made once every two, three games, depending on how much basketball you watch. It's it's not something that happens often, but he's working on it. He's trying to see that pass. He's trying to get that muscle memory down because that pass has got to be on point. Uh, the key to making that pass is doing it off the dribble because if you put two hands on the ball and you start to make that pass, you've telegraphed it and, and defenders can react. The, the beauty of that pass and what makes it so hard but so great is that as you're dribbling, you're, that next motion is to the defender – it looks like a dribble, but to the guy making the pass, he's loading up this kind of almost hook pass to the other side. So it's an incredibly important thing for him to be working on. Uh, I love that play. I asked him about it. And to say, for him to, to basically look at me and say, a lot of times people try to pin you in a box and say this or that, but every year I try to continue to get better. I, I'm not going to say that he listens, but I wouldn't be surprised if one of his friends, family members, somebody else listens or someone in his orbit listens or hears what people are saying. Maybe not to me, maybe other people who are saying similar things. It's just kind of funny that that was a, um, a, a when he says try to pin you in a box because I've said that I don't think that he's going to grow into a star player. But I've also said I could be wrong. And let's pretend I'm right. The thing that I think he's going to develop into is, like I've said, a high-level role player that is going to have a long career and make a ton of money. So uh, if things work out the way I think they are, he'll have just about as long a career and he'll make less money, but he'll still make like hundreds of millions of dollars. So I don't think Jalen will be upset if things work out the way I think they will. Uh, I think he's going to be in the league for a long time, but if he's going to be a star player, that pass, that emphasis on seeing the floor is something that he is going to need to do. That is my biggest criticism of him. He said it. 
he's talking about driving uh, right here, uh, making the right reads, making the right plays, seeing it before it happens. That thing right there from Jalen Brown, that's what he's missing. And my feeling is that some of that is an innate kind of feel. And in the next segment, when we talk about Grant Williams, that's going to be part of the conversation, that innate feel. For Jalen, he can develop it. And if he does, great. Uh, He will be, I think, in the minority of players who can really get to that second, third level of seeing the floor after I think not really seeing it. But like I said, I mean, I'm not right all the time. (laughs) It's like that Simpsons line. uh, When you're right 52% of the time, you're wrong 48% of the time or something like that. I think that's the line. Uh, Jalen though, if, this kind of goes hand in hand with what Jason Tatum said about, I got to get to the hole more. I've got to take more threes and, and understanding that his biggest obstacle to greatness is efficient scoring like that. If he becomes an efficient scorer, then that 15.7 points per game can get up to 20 hell, maybe even 25. If he really just goes full out and, becomes a super efficient scorer. He can be an elite guy if he does all of the things that he says. Jalen can certainly prove me wrong if he does the things that he says. Making the right reads, making the right plays, seeing things before they happen. That, and he also added in better balance, tighten up the ball handling, all that stuff. That, I I can appreciate that it, that self-awareness and you know, Jalen's a smart guy and he can look at his game and say, all right, these are the things I need to do. There's no arrogance. There's a lot of confidence in him. There's a lot of confidence in his game, but he clearly is working on it. And I would never accuse him of not working on his game. So this element of adding these things, that's his biggest biggest obstacle. If he can get that next level right read, and really it's not just driving, seeing the help defender, and dumping it off. That's great. That will make him an even better player, and, and maybe that's all he needs to be like a number three guy on a team. Maybe, that, maybe that's it. But the best, the stars the regular all-stars, those guys set things up like two, three, four plays, passes in an offense. Those guys see things, expect things, recognize the progression of how defenders are playing. Like a lot of players can drive, get past a guy, get past their defender, Recognize that a help defender has stepped up and say, I now have to make this little bounce pass to a guy cutting baseline, and that's going to lead to a dunk. Like That stuff is, is good. A lot of guys can do that. And Jalen Brown's starting to do that. The best, and this is my point about Jalen, 
the best guys, not only recognize that, they know what the next guy is going to do. And they understand that when you've set these guys up, that you're planning this chess match throughout the entire game. I've done this two, three times, and this is happening. Okay, so I've got this cutter that I can find. Well, they're sniffing that out. I know they're going to sniff that out when I do this. So I'm going to swing it here, and then I'm going to replace and go here because I know that that defender is going to pop up, and that's going to leave this space open. And so he just progresses. He knows by doing these two things that the next two things are going to happen, and then he's going to find himself, say, in the corner for an open three. Like, that type of stuff is incredibly difficult. I certainly can't do it. I never could. Like, that's that's elite-level stuff. Like, that's a lot of guys in the NBA aren't that detailed. Okay? That's the star player. That's the superstar player. That's like LeBron James shit. I mean, really. I mean, those guys can see two, three, four moves down. Like, that's elite-level stuff. But that's... And I'm not saying that Jalen Brown needs to get to that level, but he needs to get close. He needs to get, that's his goal. He needs to see the progression and and see that second, third, fourth thing that's going to happen. Right now he's on that second thing. Maybe sometimes he's on that third thing. That's my opinion anyway. And so uh, hearing him say this stuff, it's great. Uh, If he can really put in the time, again, he's a smart guy. He's a hard worker. He can study. He can do this stuff. The big question is, what, what's his ceiling? What's the capacity? He has a high IQ. He's a high capacity for learning. But that's, you know, genius level stuff. And does he have that in him? I'm saying he's maybe not at genius level, which is to say he's still really smart, but not a genius. Okay. Maybe he can be. Maybe he is. Maybe it's in there and I'm wrong. But it was great to hear him say these things. After the break, we'll hear Brad Stevens talk about Grant Williams. And we'll talk about, I think, a nice contrast to what I've been saying about Jalen. Stick around. More Lockdown Celtics after the break. Follow us on our social channels at LO Celtics on Twitter and at Lockdown Celtics on Instagram. A lot of people are high on Grant Williams. I might be higher than most on Grant. And my biggest argument has been, for you regular listeners, you know, his basketball IQ. He's smart. He's willing to do all of the little things because he can do all of the little things. He is not an elite athlete. He's super strong, but he's not jumping over anybody. He's not like Robert Williams going <laughs> to jump through the roof. He's just a strong kid who has NBA-level talent and super high basketball IQ. Let's listen to Brad Stevens when he was asked about Williams' IQ. Yeah, it's really good. Um, 
he's got you know like like any other young player he's got a lot to learn about the nba and um you know the night in night out challenges and and all that comes with playing each team but as far as coming in and just doing things um and picking things up quick um you know from a strategy standpoint and then also from a just intuitive standpoint he's he's pretty impressive I would not that would not be my first word I would use to describe Grant. Yeah, he's not he is not a subdued guy and that's good. I mean, we want all these guys to feel comfortable um, being themselves, you know, lending their thoughts and and then working together, you know, and he's but he's got a he's got a bright future. He's going to you know, you know, he's going to be an NBA player for a long long time. He's just really smart. I've kind of said that on this podcast before that I really think that Grant is going to have a very long career in the NBA. I can already see him having a long career as, at the very least, a high-end role player, just like I've been saying about Jalen Brown. Uh, But for different reasons, because he's got the high IQ. Jalen's got the athleticism, the ability to do so many special things. Grant can do a lot of things too, but he's not going to overpower anybody. He's not going to back a ton of people down. I mean, he's six seven, strong, but he's not going to. You're not going to dump the ball in the post to Grant and say, "Go get me a bucket." I mean, not unless there's a mismatch. But generally speaking, that's not going to be the offense. He'll get some buckets off of pick and rolls. He'll pick and pop a little bit. Maybe he'll become a three-point shooter. I mean, we don't know the extent of his NBA abilities yet. It's only been a week of training camp and summer league is a nice window, but that doesn't really count for much. But at the same time, you can tell that he has the ability to do a bunch and do the dirty work and appreciate doing the dirty work and and make a very, very nice career out of doing all of that stuff. I mean, he's he's out there shooting threes and he looks pretty comfortable. And it's a huge difference shooting threes in a post-practice contest with Jason Tatum. But you look at what he's doing, how he's doing things. Uh, the three is it, he's strong enough to take that shot. He's not really putting a ton of leg into it. It's not something that is uh, there's not too much motion to it. I mean, there all of those little things that make you think. Like even if it's not on point just yet, it has a, it has a very good chance of working out. He's he's got uh, some really really strong fundamentals. And he's just a smart, smart guy. He's just, that is going to get him far. And in talking to other people uh, from the Celtics organization at those practices, yeah, I was told flat out that he he's smart enough that you feel good putting him on the floor. And as opposed to most rookies where they, they just don't grasp things right away. It's not a knock. It's the NBA. It's, it's hard to grasp things, but. To have him, uh, to have Brad talk about him and say that uh, from coming in and doing things and picking things up quick 
And from a strategy standpoint, uh, it also from an intuitive standpoint, it's pretty impressive. The intuitive standpoint is something that really stands out from what Brad said. I mean, that that is, I can't stress how important that is because to anticipate, to have that, I mean, that's the basketball IQ, the intuition, that ability to say, huh, I'm seeing this, I should go here. That's the read and react. When Brad Stevens has talked about read and react offense, also defensively reading things and reacting to how players are moving on the floor and anticipating a movement, that's that's all part of this. Offensively reading and reacting and understanding like, okay, my my teammate is doing this. I should be doing that. If he's he, you know, this calls for me to go pick. This calls for me to pick away from the ball, a pin down to, to free up a shooter, uh, a seal in the lane. Oh, I've, I've got a, a smaller guy on me. The ball is here. I should just turn and seal in the lane. I might get the ball. Like those little things, understanding where you are on the floor, situation, defense, all of that stuff, the intuitive stuff, to have that already as a 20-year-old is important. Uh, defensively, that that intuitive kind of ability to anticipate a movement that is the difference between a blow by and maybe a charge or at least dissuading a guy from driving you talk about rim protection the ability and this goes into like a robert williams kind of discussion too positioning is so important we hear the term rim protection we think we need a guy who can block shots yes that is absolutely part of it Rim protection is also keeping people away from the rim. And a guy like Grant or any smart defender who's really good with positioning and what we want Robert Williams to be and what any good defender who's around that area needs to be, the positioning to get a guy who wants to drive to not actually drive whether it's committing a charge, whether it's just sliding and anticipating the movement and taking the right angle and keeping that guy just out of the lane, not even attempting a layup and having that person swing the ball around and start the offense over again, that's rim protection. You've now protected the rim from a guy who wanted to attack it. So it's not just a shot blocker. It's position, anticipation, angles, all of that stuff is part of it. Communication is such a big part of it. And that's where the intelligence comes in. The ability to communicate and tell your teammates, this is happening. Here comes this pick. I got the switch. Knowing when to switch. It's it's not the guy who is defending the, the ball It's who switches. I know people think that it's Oh, I'm in trouble. Switch. It's the other guy who's often calling the switch. And so that guy needs to, they both need to be on the same page. You need to understand both, both guys need to understand what the, what the goal is. And so being smart enough to, to do that and pick it up, Grant will screw this up for sure. Unquestionably, he'll screw this up because that's what rookies do. There'll be, Multiple times on Sunday when Charlotte does something and if Grant's on the floor, he's going to think one thing, somebody else is going to think another, and they'll have to talk about it. That's part of preseason basketball. But 
rim protection is as much about keeping people just away from the restricted area in general, as much as it is Robert Williams sending a, a, a block five rows into, you know, five rows deep. So I don't know what they're going to do with their starting lineup. I don't know what they're going to do with their minutes. We'll see how things shake out. There are so many dynamics. I mean, I've talked about Grant as a potential starter somewhere down the line. Uh, I know that there are other things into account. Even if he is good enough, even if he picks this stuff up, there are other things you have to take into account, like you know, making sure a lot of guys are happy. But I, I really think that Grant is going to be uh, in the mix to get a ton of minutes. So... I'll leave it at that. We're, this is the Friday show, so the next podcast will come after the Celtics play the Charlotte Hornets. Terry Rozier back in the garden right away. First preseason game back in the garden. We, we are expecting him. We're expecting to talk to him. There's also going to be an open practice at the garden on Saturday. Uh, so we'll talk about that. We'll talk about the game. Whatever else comes up over the course of the weekend. So subscribe to the podcast if you're new. Hope you're enjoying it so far. Uh, And uh, we'll continue again to uh, evolve this show. Uh, This is the first week under just me. And so we'll just roll with it and and figure things out as we continue here on the Lockdown Celtics podcast. A good written review would be awesome. A five-star rating on iTunes would be amazing. It really helps us out. So please do that. And of course, share the podcast. Tell everybody they should be listening to the Lockdown Celtics podcast here on the Lockdown Podcast Network. Hi guys, this is Josh Lloyd, host of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. The NBA is back, so that means that fantasy basketball is back in one form or another. We've got daily fantasy, but there's also some fantasy leagues with the resumption of play with these eight regular season games in Orlando, and Locked On Fantasy Basketball is going to have you covered. It's not just for fantasy basketball, though, because we recap all of the games across the NBA, so if you're looking for a broad overview of the action across the league every day, Locked On Fantasy Basketball is the podcast for you.